Hey, we're Angela and Stephanie, fellow pantser, plotter, and your new best friends. In an industry where doing all the things to make another buck and stay afloat seems to be trending, we're here to shift the conversation. On the Indie Author Lifestyle Show, we're committed to teaching you actionable strategies that lead to a successful indie author career and life. Grab your field mugs, bring your notepad, and let's get to work. Hello, and welcome to the Indie Author Lifestyle Show. We are back today to talk a little bit about craft and also how to research your stories and get different ideas to help you uh, carry forward with your story writing or plot twists or wherever you're kind of stuck and need um, more to get your creative juices flowing. So before we dive in today, Stephanie, what is new in your world? Hello, hello, my people. So there's nothing new. I am still editing. <laughs> um, and like, I think it's actually awesome like to keep saying that because it just reminds us that it's a process, right? Like it is not something that's done overnight. Um, editing is definitely a journey, <laughs> a long-term journey. So I am still editing. I'm happy because the story is flowing it's and it's going in directions i know i've hit the like nail on the head because it is going in directions that i did not expect and so i'm reading and i'm editing and i'm writing and i'm like whoa didn't okay i time to make this make sense and you know figure this out but it's catching me by surprise which lets me know okay my readers will be caught by surprise so i'm really excited um just a little snippet of like what to expect so it is a story where it had it pits mages versus sirens and so it's really interesting because i'm having to develop a world above land and a world beneath the sea and like making that correlate with one another because they are against each other so that's a lot of fun actually um both of my main characters are hot-headed <laughs> and stubborn <laughs> and have to learn lessons the hard way so it's a lot of fun it's a lot it's it's typical YA fantasy just a lot of energy and adventure and figuring things out um, a lot of lessons to learn a lot of you know mysteries and secrets to unravel but it's a lot of fun I am editing I y'all I'm trying to make it through these acts I'm telling you what <laughs> I try to get through but it will, it should come out at some point, potentially summertime. So I'm really excited about that. So that's what I'm working on. And then once this bad boy is done, as far as editing, it'll go off to my betas and I will dive right in to my next story, which is a biblical retelling of the harlot Rahab. And I'm so excited about that book. So that's what I am working on. Angela, what do you have going on? Oh, so cool. You've been teasing this book for forever. So I'm ready. I'm ready to read. I'm excited about this summer. It'll be great. Um, I also am about to dive into one of my novels that features a water nymph. And I'm excited about that. Actually, I've written a lot about her already. Um, kept getting distracted and so whatever, but uh, it will be really exciting. Treachery of Water will be out this summer. Well, actually in June, so right before summer hits. Um, but I'm excited about that. It's gonna be really fun because it's gonna be my deep epic fantasy story, lots of points of views. 
um, lots of things going on. I actually had to sit back and spend some time researching and making sure I know what's going to happen in each book in the series. It's just a trilogy. So I just had to kind of think through all of that, but I know where it's going and I'm really excited and I'm ready to go. And I'm, I'm actually supposed to be taking a little break right now, maybe a mini break for two days because I just finished Realm of Power, which is the last book in the Legend of the Nameless One series. It comes out April 2nd and it's going to be so exciting, especially for fans who have already read the Four World series. Once they read Legend of the Nameless One, there are a lot of tiny little Easter eggs or things that tie together are like revelations and moments where they're going to be like, oh, wait, but this is happening. I remember reading that in this book over here and it's happening here and like, oh, so it's all the cool things. Anyway, I'm really excited. Um, writing is just this really cool event that all these crazy things get to happen. And so I am looking forward to digging into today's topic and talking a little bit about research and kind of how we get those creative ideas flowing and we keep them flowing so we can continue to write these awesome epic books. Yeah, no, for sure. I am really excited to talk about research just because I realized that you really can't, especially as fantasy writers, right? Most of you listening to this, you're writing fantasy or, you know, fiction, science fiction, and we can't write our books without doing some type of research. Like, I mean, we can be really creative, but let's just be real. Like we have this creativity in our imaginations because we've been doing research without even realizing it, right? Like watching a lot of film, reading a lot of books, scrolling through things online that really trigger a lot of our imagination and our creativity. And so just to dive in, Angela, what would you say is the first thing that you tackle when researching for either a new book or a new series? You just mentioned that you know you are diving into this new series with the water nymph it'll be a trilogy and you had to do some research right just to make sure that you're gonna be okay for this trilogy and it won't just go off the rails and <laughs> that makes sense so how do you start that process yeah so one of the things that I like to start with first is always character but I will have to back up and say for this series even though I am kind of like very character driven, one of the things I wanted to do was create a world where humans aren't really the focal point. And we have all these fantasy stories and they're not always about humans, but humans always tend to play a role in them. And so that's what this world will be. Humans will play a role, but it's more of a minor role. This is not a story about humans. And the other thing I wanted to do is I wanted to make sure I involved a lot of diversity with the characters. And this is not diversity as in like black and white, but I wanted to go be really push myself to go beyond the normal fantasy species and races that I deal with and do something different. And so I have this uh, water nymph. She's a powerful sea goddess. She has kind of like this blue, green, almost teal skin. She, she looks extremely exotic. And when I was thinking about that, I was like, I wanna make sure my characters are different. I want them to be exotic. I want people to look at the covers and go, wait, what? You know, like <laughs> either way, that could go either way. <laughs> but I, I wanted to be something that would make people pause and say, wait a second, you don't normally see, you know, this kind of, you see mermaids, but mer the way mermaids look, they basically just look human, just with a cool tail. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But I was like, I want to push myself and do something weird. You know, I want the weird and the wonderful. And then I have a fawn. She's a, 
she's a blue fawn. I think she looks a little purple, just depending on the lighting. But uh, she's got horns, she's got a tail. So, and then like a really cool birthmark on her head. But just thinking about those characters, I'm like, this is exciting because now I get to write something that's not from the human perspective. And this will push my creativity even more because I have never had horns on my head. I've never had a tail. So I don't, I really have to think about that when I'm writing her scenes, like, okay, what she's doing. Remember she has this hard stuff on her head or she has a tail. So have to think about these extra things as I'm writing. And then finally, I wanted to do um, magic is something that's very important in this world. And I know that because it is a just kind of a very weird and wonderful world. And so I had to think about that too. Let's think about the magic system and kind of does everything like magic is the core of the world. The world would not exist without magic. And so those are kind of the things I thought through when I first started. And then after that, it was really just getting into the characters, figuring out what is their problem? What is their personality? What are their character traits? What are they like? Let me really spend some time figuring out the characters. And then once I know my characters, let's figure out the plot that is going to move them from A to B to C to D to the end. <laughs> So it, it's kind of a lot, but that's that's where I started out. Stephanie, how about you? Yeah, I love how you tackle character and then you tackle like magic and then you tackle everything else. And so I realize I do the same. And so my world is this vast expanse world of angels and I wanted just like you I wanted to do something different right everyone um, most people especially if they were raised in Christendom they have a certain view of angels if they're cherubim they're these tiny little babies that shoot you in the behind and, and like fly off you know what I mean or like you know, or like if they're thinking of like seraphim or whatever, you know, the Bible talks about the wheel within the wheels and all these many eyes. And I was like, I'm not about to do that. Like, that's scary. So, <laughs> so like, I was like, okay, how can I take angels and what people think they understand as like Nephilim and like, you know, the daughters of like uh, the sons and daughters of like angels and humans and like all of these things and just flip them on their heads. And so I did start in that space where I didn't necessarily have like the main characters of the story in mind, but I had the supernatural being in mind. I was like, I am going to take this and I am going to stretch my imagination as far as possible and I'm going to just do a whole bunch of things and I knew I wanted to have like angelic mermaids and you know giants and and just all these different and even like different rankings and classes of angels and like how they're built up and all these different things and so I know for me I started with basic things like even just like their their physique right and so um depending on which class they are they have a certain amount of hearts and it's interesting because like I remember when my editor was going through the first book she was like you wrote hearts as in plural like did you mean heart and I was like no like I I mean plural like there's more than one heart like they have these amount of hearts and she was like 
oh wow that is so interesting and different and I was like yeah they're not human like humans have one heart you know and you take then if you if anything happens and goes wrong we die like I wanted to flip that on their head so they have all these different kinds of hearts and all of these different like you know multiple wings in their backs and you know their magic is different and what they can do with their magic is different so imagine going from someone from this being that looks like a human just like incredibly powerful to looking like this you know element that we see whether it be fire or water or ice or earth in the form of a being right but it's the actual element itself and I was like I want to take all of these different things and bring that to life to first of all to stretch the imagination of the reader right like to give them something that's not necessarily new but that's different right and you know fantasy I think fantasy especially it really challenges our minds to think what can happen sci-fi too sci-fi is ridiculous on a whole different level but like you know it challenges our minds to see like what can these creatures and what can these things do and so I start with things like that like I if you read my books you know that I'm very detailed like I pay attention to detail hair color hairstyle eye color wings like you know is it leathered wings is it feathered wings you know what can they do how strong are they what do they look like like all of these things make like make sense to me one because I want to be able to see it two because I'm like oh, okay all of this makes you different right like someone who's short moves different in the world than someone who's tall right <laughs> like like life is literally completely different if you're having to reach up for stuff or if you're having to bend down for things right and so I start with like the physique of them and then like I'll go into the magic as well and I know for me I actually so what I would do is like I would look up you know basic things like I would literally google y'all google is your best friend I would google like okay different types of elemental powers and then I would read up you know all these different articles and um just different just different pages in the internet about like okay fire magic water magic all of these different elements that can be wielded and I would look up also like what can be wielded what cannot and depending on what I would see through through all of this researching I would find out okay like I want to use this I'll maybe implement this in a different angelic rank and that kind of thing and so I know when it comes to magic like that's the that's one of like the first things I do is I will go on Google and I will I will research like what kinds of magical powers are out there number one and you'll get a lot of resources from different mythologies different references from like old religions or you know just things that people in the fantasy world just make up right like and they have like lists upon lists of it um different forums online will like break it down different elements and and I love it because like there's a lot out there that I would not have thought of myself and so like I go and I read up on these articles and I'm like oh wow okay there's more than just fire and water and earth you know like there's more than just like avatar the last airbender right like there's way more than that and so I go in I'll look at that and then I'll say okay now how then I will look look up like the rules the typical rules that you see for these different kinds of elements like and wielding these kinds of powers 
because the thing is like the, the thing about rules is you need to know what the rule is before you start going to bend it right and so I'm like okay what are the constructs around this and then after that then I'm like okay now I'm gonna flip this on a tech because this is what everybody expects now I'm gonna switch it up so um that is like where I start I do start with for me it's not just necessarily the actual characters in the book but all of my books are about angels so for me it's like okay what do like what is that image of an angel and what do we expect them to do what do we expect them to not do that's that sort of thing and then breaking like honestly just taking that aspect and then just breaking it down into all these different elements to make up who they are which will eventually make up the story and so I know like that's how that's how I go about it as far as like starting the researching process but where are some places that you go I mean I mean I know I just shared about like going to Google and like different forms and stuff but like where are some different places that you go to actually like get some of this information you know to help you stretch your you know stretch your creativity and like get your imagination going oh I love this question because as you were talking about it I was thinking about it and I got a subscription last year to a site called onestopforwriters.com and it, oh, I can't say enough good things about it. It is fantastic. You can go in there and you can set up your characters. Um, it has the emotion thesaurus there so that you can go through and you can say, if my character is angry, how does this manifest internally, externally? What are some of the the things they're going to feel inside, what are kind of the, the things they're going to be doing with their hands or their facial expressions, just those different things to really help you and what will it escalate to just to really help you get really into that deep point of view and get past that whole like she was angry, you know, okay, that's cool. What does that mean? Um, so it has that, but what I love about it is that you can put together your whole character sheet inside that platform. And you can say, this is my character. These are her character traits. And you can dig into those traits and really find out, okay, why would a character have a trait like this? What might've manifested in their background to make them react this way or to have this kind of um, viewpoint on the world? And so I like that because um, you can really dig into it. It has character wounds as well. So you can get ideals for, okay, this is my character. She is an orphan. Um, what are some of the things that she will be feeling or she might have experienced because of that, not having that connection there. And then you can go through the character wounds or character traits and really just kind of read up. You can get suggestions or different ideals for um, what you want to incorporate in, but it really helps to get your creative juices flowing and help you figure, put together like a whole character map. And as a pantser, I'm not really big on putting that together, but for this series, I was like, this is big. I really just need to know this stuff up front. I need to get my ideas flowing. And one of the reasons I also dug into it and just took my sweet time with it was because I have been plotting this series for months, but I haven't been writing it because I've been writing other books. And so when I need a break, it's nice to take a breather from writing and go off and just kind of like plot and daydream and think about how cool this could be. Let's dig into this character and their characteristics and traits right now. And so we'll include this in the show notes, but I highly recommend onestopforwriters.com. I think they might have a free trial or something. 
um, that you can go and try it out and see if it's a great fit for you. And we're not affiliates for this site or anything, but it's, it's fantastic. Um, I love my subscription. I use it all the time. I use it during plotting and editing, but that is my tool that I use for researching and really digging into my characters. Um, and then I don't really do too much, I guess, with the world building, aside from going to Pinterest and just looking at things. And I think, Stephanie, you have a really neat way of doing what's called uh, virtual plot, not virtual, but visual plotting. And so will you talk about that a little bit more? Because I like that idea of really being able to see everything and understand that as you're plotting it out. Yeah, no, I love that you asked that. So I remember a few years ago, I, I kind of had several parts to the process. It was kind of like a little train before I started writing, right? And so at first I would start with journal prompting just because I felt like that was a good start to just get into the psyche of the character, but also the psyche of the characters around them, right? <clears throat> I started to learn very quickly, like, we are not just, you know, just this like one dimensional individual and everything that we know about ourselves is true. It's also like, what do other people see in us and know about us that also makes up who we are, right? Because they recognize things that we don't. And so also like, like doing journal prompts through, you know, the perspective of the parents of the character or like the best friend of the main character or like thinking about like scenes that took place where, you know, I remember there's this one character that will that will make an appearance um, as one of the points of view for the main books of the Seraphim Resistance series, right? And this individual, I started when I was trying to get into like his psyche and understand like who are you and why do you think like this? Like why are you like this? Um, I would I would do these journal prompts and I found myself learning about, you know, like specific scenes that took place when he was small and he witnessed it, you know, in real time. And that began to shape why he was so angry and why he was so determined to do X, Y, and Z. And so at first I would start with journal prompting and then I would go into sketching, which I love. Can't draw to save my life, but <laughs> I was like, we're going to, we're going to tackle this anyway. One, it was a way to have fun with the process, right? Like have a good time, you know, draw out what you see in your mind about these characters and go ahead and whip out your color pencils it's like fifth grade all over again and so <laughs> you know just having a good time like drawing it out I would also like try to like, sketch out a little bit of the map so I could see like where things were and how you know they moved about throughout the world that kind of thing but the main part for me when it came to visual plotting is storyboarding y'all I, I I don't want to say I swear by storyboarding I swear by storyboarding. Like I just, it's so, so good. And I do this on Pinterest. Um, I have not yet found another platform where I can like gavel, gather all kinds of like visual um, imagery to really like, you know, paint out a book, right? And so um, I stick to Pinterest because it is a visual search engine. And so what I do is like, you know, typically someone goes on Pinterest, they create a board and they just drop a whole bunch of random stuff in there. And then, and then they go back and like they look through it, pick out what they really like. And they're like, okay, I can go based off of this. Well, for me, I'm very methodical about my boards. And so I would create a board for that particular story, you know, the book, not necessarily the series because what shows up in book one 
maybe completely different by book three, right? So I go book by book. And in every board, I have sections. And these sections are based off of characters. These sections are based off of different things that will be in that book, things I need to know like weapons, symbols, trademarks, holidays, you know, shopping places, what the world looks like. Like, so this particular book that I'm writing right now that I tell you about, you know, mages versus sirens, right? There are different um, reefs beneath the sea, different coves beneath the sea. And so I go in and I'll have like, so I would have a section named after like all the different coves. And then I would say, okay, what do these coves look like? So then I would start to go on Pinterest and gather visual inspiration that pertains to that cove. Same thing with the islands. I would say, okay, I would have, you know, a different section named after the different islands because with these islands in this book, you know, different mages and they're all like angelic mages right so different mages have different kinds of powers and every island has like an affinity for one kind of magic it's like a hub for it right and then you have like the main island where all of these different kind of mages come together they have all these different kind of powers very much so a melting pot of the mages but the islands individually have one affinity right and so if you go to one it's more like you know ice worlds versus like another that's like straight to fire and things like that and so my sections in my board on pinterest are named after these different places and then i gather inspiration that way when i go in you know if i'm stuck right writers will hit you with the oh well i have writer's block but do you is it really writer's block <laughs> or is it the fact that like your imagination has reached its limit and now you need to add more into your inspiration well so you can keep going right like we just need to reframe how we see that and so you know if I ever like get a pause or I'm writing and I'm like how do I oh what are words how do I describe this thing I can go into that Pinterest board specifically for that novel go into the section that's pertaining to like the area that they're in so let's say I'm writing about Island A and I'm stuck about certain elements of Island A or I can't visualize it or I can't understand it. I go into that section of the Pinterest board and I, and I just take some time to like soak in all of these images and sometimes I will pin you know quotes sometimes I will pin just different kinds of just different photos whether that's about the like island itself or the kind of animals that live there or the forests or you know what does the seashore look like or you know all of these different elements and you go in and you kind of like soak that in and so that's like a great part of my visual plotting when it comes to research it's just gathering so much visual inspiration because the more you can see the better you can describe and the more immersive your story will be and so that's like one major way that I, I dive in um, I love visual plotting I don't start stories without visual plotting because I'm a visual learner myself right like I Stephanie the individual I'm a visual learner so like I have to be able to see it to process it and so that's a little bit about like knowing who you are as well as a writer some people don't need to visualize, they can dive right in and write. I need to visualize or else I will be stuck because I'll be like, I have no idea how to explain what water looks like. Like, so like I have to go in and like gather this inspiration. 
so yeah that's how I go about that you know like uh visual plotting and just bringing the world to life and I would ask you you know like you know just bringing it back to bringing it back to the character side of things because like I tend to focus a lot on the world but it's like the world does not matter if these characters are not like alive right so like like nobody cares about the world if they don't care about these characters and so what are some of the things you like you look up and you like get into place when it comes to just bringing the characters alive like how do you go about gathering information to make them real yeah, well, one of the things that I think is really important is making sure the character is likable and then relatable in some way. And so I think kind of starting that out, I like to try to think through different situations that the character is in that I can make them show them to show them to be a likable person. Uh, I know there's one series I wrote where the reviews are like, this character is just, oh, he's awful. We don't like him, all that stuff. And I realize it's because in the first chapter, he does something that's just unlikable and it just makes him an unlikable character, you know? And then he has to kind of make up for that through the rest of the series. <laughs> if you have to keep reading, then you're like, okay, now I like him. But uh, it's just one of those things. And so now when I'm writing, I try to really think about what situations even if this person has negative qualities, how can I show them in a positive light? How can I show them doing something or taking an action or caring for someone that even though it might be someone that's close to them, but just doing something that makes readers want to root for them. And if I can start out a book by making a character root for them, then that really will kind of make the reader really root for them, be on their side. Um, for an example, one of my books that's coming out recently, Ify's Quest, um, one of the ways that I really tried to make her a likable character from the get-go is she's having a moment where it's her 18th birthday, she's 18 years old, she's about to embark on this quest and she's going to go off and find her birth mother. And so that's something that you know, she's 18 years old and she's just now getting around to doing that. And I think that's exciting. That makes people go, wow, I can't imagine what that might be like going to try to find your birth mother at that age. Or they could be like, oh, wow, this is something that kind of resonates with me. I wish I had known or I had that ability to go off. So it's just something that really takes people back to the present and makes them think about their situation or how they could relate. Um, just something like that putting in that situation is helpful. And then from there, I think the different situations that the character gets into and how they react to them can also help with just drilling them in and making them relatable. Um, one of the things that I used to struggle with was really giving a character agency outside of their ultimate goal. And so I think the thing that's helped me with that is also giving them smaller smaller goals or giving them friends or little side quests that they can go on to also help show them from different points of views, different angles, different situations. Because I really think it is the situations that help you see what a character is made of. You know, if you put them in a very negative situation where the stress is high, um, you know, are they going to fly off the wheel? Or are they going to snap? Or are they going to reach deep inside of themselves and really find what they need in order to make things happen and to make them work out? And I also think that friendship 
or in some cases, romance is also something that's very powerful to put into books. And I'm getting more and more into the whole like romance angle of things. But I really want to build those deep, powerful friendships because you can really tell what a person is like by how they treat their friends, how they treat their family, how they treat strangers. And so seeing a character in those different situations helps as well. But it's, it's a lot kind of digging into a character and making them come alive and become real and giving them more things to care about than just this quest. But what else do they want? Um, what else do they need? What else would be surprising for them? It's a, it's a process for sure. Yeah, no, I absolutely love that. And I would say, like, just adding to that, um, I believe his name is David Sedaris. I could be wrong. He's a writer. I was listening to his, like I started listening to his masterclass and he, so he, he writes articles and pieces for like the Wall Street Journal and stuff like that. But a lot of the, a lot of his inspiration, like he draws from his family <laughs> and they've all learned like after many years, you know, whatever you say, like the moment he gets a, like that look on his face, whatever it comes out of your mouth might end up in the next piece that he writes. And so, but what I learned from him was he really drilled on the fact of being present. He was like, once you're a writer, you can no longer just walk out of your door and like tune out. Like you need to be intentional about tuning into the world around you. And so I found myself you know, when it comes to like character and really bringing them to life. Um, still talking about research here, I people watch a lot and I'm quite observant. Now, y'all, this is not me saying go plant yourself somewhere and just stare at folks. That's weird. <laughs> like, that is so weird. And people would look at you like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? And, you know, some people might get testy. You never know. But what I am saying is when you're, when you're out and about, coffee shop, grocery store, y'all it's still a pandemic so you know socially distance right um being safe as well however being intentional about like seeing how people interact around you you know now I catch myself like if if I'm walking somewhere and there's a lot of people around and I'm like oh look at how you know this mom and dad talk to each other look at how they respond to their kids or how their kids respond to them or look at how you know groups of friends looking at like the dynamic of the groups of friends like I will literally sit there and I'm like I wonder who's the leader of this pack and I can tell just by just by the way they're speaking to one another just by the way they're carrying like carrying themselves I'm like okay that one is a third wheel those two are in a relationship that one is the leader of the group that one is trying to fit in but is not doing such a good job like, like you know I mean, and doing that, it's really helpful because you can take all of these elements and infuse that into the characters to bring them more to life, right? We draw from reality, right? Film, TV shows, you know, all of that comes from reality. Like we're trying to get a message across. We're trying to highlight something. We're trying to like make people aware of something different, give them a different perspective through our stories. And character is a huge way of doing that. How they interact with one another, how they interact with their world, how they interact with themselves, right? Like how they interact with themselves. A lot of that comes obviously from the human condition. And so what I would say is be present 
when you are out and about like don't just like keep your nose deep in facebook and facebook or like instagram scrolling as you're walking because that's a thing now you know like people just scroll as they walk walk into stuff but you know like like, that's a total thing people drive as they scroll people walk as they scroll people like no one is like we are in a world where we're not so present like in like being intentionally present is not a thing and as writers you are missing so many opportunities opportunities to gain a lot just by being present and looking around listening to what people are saying I love sometimes you hear the funniest things when like you just tune in your ears and you're like wow they really just said that out loud loudly like you know what I mean like you hear what people are saying and you you hear how people speak you see what people are doing or how they dress and how they carry themselves and you know do they look like they have confidence depending on how they're dressed and how they're walking like all of that helps because then you're able to create characters like that and so you know I would say I wouldn't necessarily say people watch. (laughs) I would say be present, right? Be present. Um, You know, take some time away from the digital things and pay attention to the real world. I'm not saying, you know, log off social media for the next eight months. What I'm saying is, you know, cap yourself on it so that you have more time to just be in the real world because it's not just movies and and TV shows that are a lesson for you everyday life. When you step outside of the door of your house is a lesson. When you step out of bed, it's a lesson, right? Like you might wake up and you're like, okay, it's going to be a good day. And then you make your coffee and you pour salt into it, thinking that it's sugar. That right there is a <laughs> that right there is a lesson. You know what I mean? Because now you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> we're still going to try to have a good day. You step out and you realize, you know, one pair of your like favorite pairs of shoes is missing. Now you're like, okay, we're still going to try to have a good day. And then something else happens. All of that are different elements that you can include in your story. And so I would say just even the real world is like really good research. (laughs) I love that. And actually that's a really good point about just being present one of the habits that I used to do when I was back in my single days, um, <laughs> sorry, I just had to say that. I don't know why that's so funny, but uh, I used to like work, do like, I used to multitask. I used to turn on a TV show and kind of do like different work things, you know, but now I found that instead of doing that, now when I turn on a TV show, I just, I just watch it. I close my laptop, I put down my phone, I just watch it. And it's it's interesting because then I'm catching a lot more of what's going on. And it kind of took me back to that. Um, recently, my husband and I bought the extended versions of Lord of the Rings and watched them. And it was just, oh, just fantastic. I just absolutely love that movie so much. But it's funny because I know that movie so well. And I know what, just like the little tiny movements people are about to make on their faces are like kind of like the little blink of an eye or just like looking over there or like smirking when someone else is saying something. Um, And the reason I know it so well is because I have been so present when I watched that movie. And I 
honestly used to watch Lord of the Rings every single weekend um, when I was growing up because I loved it so much. Uh, but it's just one of those things where I was like, you know, like I know what's going to happen. I know exactly which scenes are extended because I've watched this so much. I mean, talk about an obsession right there. But it, it's just one of those things where like you just know and you used to get so many ideals because you're present. And so I think that watching shows and movies it's also another way of doing research because you can see the landscape you can see the setting you can see the content, you can see the way people are uh, behaving and that's a great visual thing when you can't physically go out and do um, kind of some of the people watching like even just turning on a show and watching it is fantastic especially if it has amazing costuming like Bridgerton the costumes in that, I was just watching and I was just like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. Like, I, I'm just, I'm just here for the costumes right now. Oh my goodness. But th those are different things that can help give you different ideals, especially if you're world building or yeah. if you're trying to figure out what should my landscape look like, or, you know, I need some ideals for what this army looks like when they're riding on their horses and they're just all oh, going for it. So that that can also help to really expand um, your creative well and help you refill. I would say the only time I do watch movies in the background or any shows in the background is usually when I'm working on something and I turn on National Geographic just to, so I can look up yes, and I can see those beautiful landscapes. Oh my gosh, I love that. I'm all about that. But actually National Geographic is great for research if you are doing, um, when I was working on a sea theme story, I tried to watch everything that was related to the ocean because I needed to get those ideas. And that was helpful for researching those stories. So keep that in your back pocket as you're going through your research. Can we talk about the fact that like, I do the very same thing. So like, because I am working on this story, right? Every... I can't tell you, I have gone through almost every single moving planet episode on Netflix. I have watched every single Our Planet episode, whether it be on Netflix, whether it be everything from National Geographic on Disney+. Plus. I have gone through these things multiple times to the to the point where I'm like, oh, I've seen this before. This is where the whales come in and they, they eat all, of, like they try to get the dolphins. Like This is where, you know, like the birds dive in and they're like going after the anchovies. Like I, like at this point, at this point, I can literally, I can literally like spit out what's going to happen because it's so true. Like I'm writing now that, I, cause I'm editing, right? The story and really trying to develop, especially uh, beneath the sea. And so I'm like, oh, duh, there's more than just coral, there's kelp, and there's all of these different things that you can include in the story. And so it's so, so important. And, and I love that you mentioned also about the film. Um, I also love watching different types of films for different kinds of things. So like when, when it comes to doing research for things like fight scenes, yeah, if it was up to me, it would be slap, slap, scene is over. <laughs> that's, all, that's all I would be able to do, right? Because like, I'm not, I don't fight. I don't like, that's not my, that's not my zone of genius. It would be like a tap on the forehead, you know, like maybe like a little slap upside the chin and that's it. So I have to watch films. I have to watch films with like, 
really good fight scenes so then I can go back in and I'm like okay now we can do like something more here and like that varies right if you're fighting with your fists it is different if you're fighting with a sword it is different if you're like fighting with a gun it is different like it is different and so I also love doing that especially through a visual visual perspective right because you know I can't looking at a picture on Pinterest of like hands, like fists in the air, <laughs> that does nothing <laughs> to help me learn <laughs> the fight scene, right? You just see these pictures, these still pictures of fists in the air. No, like I need to go, <laughs> I need to go. Y'all really should like watch this episode and not just listen to it. <laughs> I will like physically, like I will watch films, you know, and I will watch shows so that it can help me better create these scenes. You know what I mean? Again, wanting to write immersive stories and doing a lot of research to get there, right? Because our imaginations can only go so far. So like I have to watch, you know, movies and I'm like, oh, wow, this is now, you know, you need to have boundaries on how much like gore and gruesome and like violence you can handle, right? Because some films are incredibly violent, okay? And now we live in a world where not that much is censored anymore. So you might like go in and then like two minutes into the scene and you're like, whoa, that was a lot. And we're only halfway through the fighting scene, right? So, you know, obviously have your boundaries and know like what's okay and what is not. But, you know, that is a major thing as well like taking in film or shows anything like that anything visual like media right and so that you can learn how to do some things that goes for any kind of thing kissing scenes listen if you have never been kissed in your life all right or like you don't know what that's like or like every time you kiss someone you're like wow they suck i don't know how to do this like you you, you might it might behoove you you to watch films where they look like they're actually enjoying the experience <laughs> so that you can write about it better right so like all kinds of things whether it's fighting whether it's kissing whether it's like friendships whether it's you know going to work or you know having a high stress job or which of course in fantasy that translates to like maybe they're an apprentice or they're you know they're training to be in the army or you know they're a warrior whatever the case may be you know, watching film and getting all of these visual elements to really shape out the story. So these are just some of my best tips um, for researching. I don't know, Angela, if you want to like leave us with like any final thoughts for researching. I know like those are just some of my best strategies. Yeah, yeah. And I will leave you with one final thought and then I'm just going to go laugh for a minute. I feel real giggly today. Um, You know, one of the things that is really fun and that can really help you with not only developing your world, but kind of getting in the mindset of these creatures, especially the the, the fighting. Um, one thing that I love doing is playing video games and that is helpful. I watch my husband play video games too. And that's also helpful because he he likes different games. I, I just pretty much like playing World of Warcraft. That's it. Um, but he'll play other really fun things. And I'm like, oh, this is a night in training and he's going off and he's trying to get his reputation up so that he can um, get enough money to get his own place or get married and, you know, get wealth. And this is fascinating. And this is what he's doing. And it's just fun to watch all of that. Um, oh, and he plays The Witcher too. The Witcher is fantastic for just kind of getting ideas and stuff. 
Uh, but I would also say video games, you know, if you need a moment and you need to relieve some stress and get some other ideas, just go play some video games. They're also really fun and another great way of doing research. So yeah, that that is it for me. Um, research is a lot of fun and happy writing. It'll be a good time. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Indie Author Lifestyle Show. The journey to becoming a full-time author on your own terms is easier than you think. With workshops, writing, and marketing resources, and more, we're here to help you live your best indie author life. Ready to dive in? Visit IndieAuthorLifestyle.com for more details. Let's chat again in the next episode.